Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, man. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Show. I'm your host, Tim Holloway, and I'm glad to be back at you again. Hey, if you're new here and you stumbled on this show, uh, you have come to the right place. If you are a Christian man inside of recovery and you want to live an awesome spirit-filled life, this is the place for you. So uh, thank you for joining us. So we're going to dive right in and uh, start with the uh, recovery quote of the day. And it goes like this, my recovery must come first so that everything I love in life doesn't have to come last. And that is an awesome reality. So inside of addiction, we know this, that it becomes our central focus. It becomes our first love, if you will. And everything with our mindset and our belief system and our attitudes and our behaviors go hard into this addiction. Uh, In general terms, we love it. And because we love it, we pursue it. And it becomes the number one focus inside of our lives. So now on the flip side, that is now that we have started this recovery journey, now that we have uh, started this uh, discipleship journey with God, something else must come first. And that is this idea and this mindset of his salvation and the process in the, the thing that he's doing inside of my life, the sanctification and this relationship with God must come first, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And that is when we begin to flesh this out, when we begin to manifest this truth and the first place and allegiance in our heart goes to God, these other things begin to fall in place. So that being said, our recovery, our relationship, our our connection, everything that we have with God comes first. So everything in our life doesn't come last. And here's the, the truth of the matter. Those things begin to fall in place. Because as God begins to transform our heart and our mindset and we get connected in relationship with him and uh, he begins to communicate to us, uh, some awesome positive things begin to happen inside of our family, inside of our faith, inside of our fitness and inside of our finances. But one thing that we have to avoid doing is as we grow in this recovery journey, we don't put our family first. We don't put our finances first. We don't put our our um, body, our fitness first, right? But when our mindset is correct, then we put faith, we put what the process, we put this relationship first. And then we take the, the power and we take the spirit of God and we go into the other areas of our life. And these begin to change in radical, radical fashion. This is the way the process works, and it's it's powerful. So, uh, recovery question of the day. What is the abundant life inside of recovery? First of all, we know this, that uh, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And that Jesus has come that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. And that more abundant life is attached to trust. 
and reliance upon him and connection with him and communication and relationship. So when we're talking about the abundant life, we're talking about this, this awesome relationship that you have with God that begins to manifest in the other areas of your life. So just like I said in the previous, that we we take the, the Spirit of God and the peace and the joy and everything that is operating inside of our hearts and we take it to our family. We take that peace, joy, and that life and we take it inside of our business, inside of our fin financial life, and into our careers. And we take that truth and we take it inside of our bodies and how we treat ourselves and how we treat the world around us. All of these are interconnected to holistic living. And that's the abundant life that Jesus died to give us, that we would take the power of God into every area of our life and we would begin to live holistically. Let me explain this in, in, in a little bit better detail because some of it's hard to grasp sometimes. And that is, is if you are a one-dimensional man, that is, so I'm talking about being four-dimensional, family, faith, fitness, and finance, you're four-dimensional, right? If you're a one-dimensional man, what kind of success are you going to have? And that is this, that I'm a man of faith and that's it. And I don't take that faith into my family I don't take it into my marriage, my intimacy, my relationships. I don't take that faith into my kids. I'm just a man of faith. And it never manifests itself into a functioning family a system, and it never manifests itself into relationships. What good is that? And what good is it if I'm a man of faith and I don't take that faith inside of my business inside of my career and begin to manifest the character and the nature of Christ to everyone around me. And that I begin to be governed by principles and convictions, you know, inside of my business that I have a moral compass and that begins to manifest that I don't do that. And all of a sudden I'm just a man of faith and that faith doesn't affect my business. It doesn't affect my family. And let's take it a step further that I have, I'm a man of faith but it doesn't affect what I put inside my body in the form of addictions. It doesn't take what I put inside these eyes in the form of lust, perversion, and pornography. And, and, and I don't take to heart, you know, uh, any form of uh, nutrition or exercise or anything like that. I'm just a man of faith. You see, the fallacy in all that is that our faith was meant to travel into every single area of our life so we can begin to live in a powerful, positive fashion in a holistic way. And if that's the way you want to live, then you have come to the right place because that's what we're going to talk about uh, in these episodes. So we are still in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2. I'm sorry. We'll get somewhere over a process of time. I'm in no rush. This can take 60, 90 days. I don't care. Uh, we want to grab uh, every single truth inside of here. So Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse 2 says this, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. So we're still talking about knowing wisdom. And what we thoroughly established is to be intimately acquainted with wisdom that there is this relationship, that there is this connection. So that being said, we know for sure that um, wisdom is not head knowledge, mere head knowledge. Uh, 
So head knowledge could be something that you agree to intellectually and that you you adhere to certain facts and certain principles and you give mental assent to those. And this is not what I'm talking about here. Intimately acquainted with wisdom means that uh, wisdom can speak at any time inside of our lives and we can we are aware and we're listening and we're paying attention to that wisdom and we're going to begin to respond accordingly. Now, if you want to live the abundant life, you want to live an awesome life inside of recovery, we're going to have to learn to listen, <laughs> right? We're going to have to learn to pay attention and we're gonna have to begin to learn how to yield to the voice and to the spirit of God. Now, the Bible says this, is that we would hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it, when we turn to the right and turn to the left. So God's responsibility is that he speaks, and he does. Our responsibility is not to be loaded down with the affairs and the cares and the, the drunkenness and all of this different stuff that presses on us, that causes us not to pay attention. So our responsibility is to begin to pay attention, to heed, and begin to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God that wants to direct us um, into this powerful life. You see, God wants us to live uh, holistically. He wants us to live in this abundant life. And the only reason why we don't is because we are not paying attention, we're not heeding, we're not yielding, and we're not following. So... Wisdom is more than head knowledge. We know this, that knowledge puffs up, right? Uh, the Bible says that, but love edifies. So knowledge alone has the ability to maybe tickle our ears. It has the ability to build our ego. It has the ability for you know us to feel good about ourselves. And the reality is, is that the church world and the world as a whole is in this ever-ending quest of uh, self-help. And that is through seminars, through books, through programs, through all of these different things, uh, the world is trying to help themselves. Now, the reason why they're trying to help themselves is because they, uh, they of course, view themselves as insufficient and they don't have the the knowledge, they don't have the skills necessary to face certain things that they're, that they're facing. But here's the problem with this, is that we are in this ever-ending quest for the next book, the next seminar, the next prophet, the next service, the next revival, and all of these different things that we, that we become hooked on information. We become hooked on knowledge. And so this is why I must stress inside this recovery journey, wisdom is more than mere knowledge. Wisdom is the application of that knowledge. And so here's what we have. We have all this information, man. We've been crammed with information, right? We're like, we've read so many books. We've been to so many church services. We've been to all of these different things. And we are crammed with information. And the reality is, is that we don't have a information problem. We don't have a knowledge problem, right? How many services have we went through? How many sermons have we heard? How much of the, of the word of God have we ingested? How many, you know, this, that, and the other thing. 
How much stuff have we listened to? How many podcasts? How many episodes like this? And so what that means is that we don't have a information problem. We have an application problem. And we go through and we say, you know what? I'm going to read another book and I'm going to read another book and I'm going to read another book. And we get consumed and we get addicted to the information. But the reality is, is that we are not consumed and addicted to the application. And it's the truth. And the reality is, is that if we read 12 books inside of a year, and we did a test to examine your life to see what sort of application that you have done from those 12 books, you will find, uh, most often than not, that your application is close to zero. But yet here we are consuming another book. And we're in this addiction to this consumption. But what I'm suggesting here is this abundant life is a addiction to application. And that is that, you know what, I'm not going to move from this state until I've applied some principles. We would be better off if we take one awesome book and begin to map out and write down the application of those principles <coughs> and begin to put those principles into practice and just begin to focus on that for the whole year. We would have more success inside of that than we would the consuming of the 12 books inside of a year. So wisdom is the application. It is the preparation. So I want you to think about it this way. If I told you that you tomorrow, you are going on a 20 mile hike, what would you do between now and then to prepare yourself for the situation that you are about to endure? What would you do? Would you uh, make sure that you had the right shoes? Would you make sure that you had the right clothing? Would you make sure that you went to sleep at an appropriate time? Would you make sure that you packed um, enough snacks? Would you make sure that you didn't have a too large a breakfast in the morning? Would you make sure that you um, packed water, right? <clears throat> so all of these things, knowing that there is something ahead of you in the future, planning and preparing for that is wisdom. Now, foolishness is this. I know that I have a 20-mile hike the next day. I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to party, <laughs> right? I'm going to live it up. And uh, I'm not going to think about what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear like tight jeans where it's hard to move. I'm going to wear, wear boots that are so uncomfortable, you know. And, and that, that is in reality foolishness and folly. And that's what we're talking about here is that we, we are under preparation, of course, for eternity. We are in preparation to rule and reign with him, that God is going to set up his kingdom upon this earth. And now is the mindset of preparation. What kind of person do I need to be to rule and reign? What kind of person do I need to be to handle what the, the occupation uh, that I am going to have 
for eternity? What kind of person do I need to be? Now, in this mindset is wisdom and preparation. So that being said, what does wisdom look like inside of our frame? That is our family, faith, fitness, and finance. What does it look like? When we begin to apply wisdom. Remember, wisdom is the insight into your uh, beliefs, your thoughts, and your actions. And so when we look inside of our family, faith, fitness, and finances, that it gives me insight, wisdom gives me insight into my thoughts concerning my marriage, my thoughts and belief systems concerning parenting, my thoughts and belief systems and how I think about money and how I am saving and how I'm preparing, my thoughts and belief systems on how I view my health. Insight into all of these things. Because here's the reality. That inside of your frame, your family, faith, fitness, and finances, that you are you are living up to your belief systems in that area. <clears throat> and so you have limited beliefs inside of each area. And the dysfunction that is happening inside of your relationships are due to belief systems that you hold. And I'll explain this uh, in in a, a small detail here so you can understand it. And I'm sure that you do, but I just want to give an analogy that you as a man uh, have had two failed marriages and none of your relationships work out right, right? And so you come to the conclusion and the belief that women are nuts. Women are crazy. Uh, women are this, that, and the other thing. And they're just, uh, uh, relationships are not for you. Okay. So within that frame, within that belief, you have several limiting beliefs. First, that, you know, women are crazy, uh, relationships are not for you, and, and every woman is, is bad. Okay. Let's just say those three. For you to begin to thrive and to begin to have awesome relationships, each one of those beliefs are going to have to be let go. Now, if you go into the new relationship with the same beliefs, women are crazy, you can't trust them, relationships are not for, for you, um, guess what you're going to bring into that relationship? Those beliefs. Guess what's going to begin to happen inside of that? You're going to self-sabotage yourself. And that is that you are going to rise to the level of your self-perception and your belief systems. And so this is why it's so important to begin to intimately acquainted with wisdom. And that is insight into our beliefs, our thoughts, and our actions. I'll give you one more so you can uh, understand it inside of money. Okay, you were raised in poverty. Uh, your father wasn't around maybe. And your mother pulled two jobs uh, and barely made ends meet. Uh, in fact, you spent a, uh, you know what it's like to have your electricity turned off. You know what it's like to not have any food, right? And you lived in this scarcity for a prolonged period of time. But now that you've come to Christ and you've become a man, and now it's time for you to provide, you have all of these negative beliefs that are attached to you. The world's a scary place. There is not enough. Scarcity is normal. Uh, we have to work 16 hours just to make it. Uh, 
Now, all of these beliefs have been concreted inside of your brain. And until you get wisdom that gives you insight into your beliefs, so you can say, you know what, I'm not going to believe that any longer. That's not what the gospel says. That's not what wisdom says. Wisdom says something different. <clears throat> and therefore, you're going to release those negative beliefs by challenging them. And all of a sudden, you got wisdom inside of your finances. I hope you see uh, clearly how this plays out. So no wisdom, no wisdom. The Bible says this in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now, with inside of intimately acquainted with wisdom and knowing wisdom is knowing the truth. And like I said, in each area of our life, there are lies. There are falsehoods. There are stories that we tell ourselves, but we believe them. So being intimately acquainted with wisdom is being intimately acquainted with the truth. And also with, with that is to uh, experience the freedom that the truth brings. So I'll give you another example. Uh, within your, let's just say, your faith. Within your faith. Uh, knowing the truth about God, who He really is. Now, there is a lot of stories out there. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of uh, perception. There's a lot of men out there speaking that have portrayed their uh, skewed view of God upon the world, okay? And if you grew up in a certain religion that you have been shaped and your mindset has been molded by that religion and that you might have a lot of detrimental beliefs that you hold on to because of the shaping and the molding of that belief system, okay? And these beliefs, they have you in bondage. And one of the biggest beliefs that hold people in bondage is that I am not free, okay? And this is actually propagated in a lot of churches and a lot of ministers uh, preach this, right? That you are looking for a future day of freedom. You are looking for a future day of revival, and everything good and everything that God wants to accomplish inside of your life is in a future day that he hasn't done already. When the reality is, is that God says that he has given us everything we need for life and to godliness. And what that means is that we're not waiting on God to do anything. In fact, he is waiting upon us. And we, we have this mindset that God needs to sovereignly move in some future date for me to be delivered. When the reality is, is that you have been delivered already. And so the mere belief and the mindset keeps you stuck. So wisdom is saying this, is that I want to give you the truth. <laughs> I want to give you what is reality. I want to give you God's paradigm. I want to give you what the Spirit is saying, what the Spirit says. And that is the voice of wisdom that is speaking inside of our lives if we will listen. But that voice will always challenge our current paradigm. 
that voice will always challenge what we currently believe. When it's when he says that you will be intimately acquainted with the truth, and that truth will make you free, then we understand that God says we are free. And the only thing that is holding us back is the belief that we are bound. And the reality is, is that we need to believe and walk in the truth, be intimately acquainted with the truth, and that truth will set us free. If we are listening, the voice of the Spirit of God will speak to every single area of our lives. It will tell us the truth of what's going on inside of our marriages, inside of our relationships. God will tell us the truth. God will tell us the truth what is going on inside of our body. God will tell us the truth what is going on inside of our finances. He will tell us the truth. And sometimes the truth is painful, I'll tell you. Because the truth has been for me at times is that I'm not willing to do what it takes to be successful. That's a hard truth. And God has told me that multiple times is that, you know what, Tim, you are not willing to do what it takes. You're not willing to put forth the effort to be successful. And what that means, so I can, I can show to you, is that if you want to be in optimum health, if you want to have a, a healthy mind, a healthy body, if you want to uh, uh, get uh, reach your full potential inside of your body, there are certain things that you're, you're going to have to do, right? And I've faced the reality a couple times is that I am the way that I am. I look the way that I look because I, I'm not that committed and I'm not willing to engage in the process, right? And this is the truth that, that God uh, God brings and sometimes it's painful. And the reality is, is that there are many areas of our life that are not up to par is simply because we don't understand what we need to do or once we understand it, we're not willing to do what it takes. It, it, it takes something to create an awesome marriage. Would you agree? An awesome marriage just doesn't happen. Now, you think it might happen, you know, at the beginning because you got these endorphins and you got these feelings of love that, you know, scientists say that it wears off within a couple years, and it does. And then it takes investments, then it takes deposits. And then it takes time, communication. Then it takes empathy, putting yourself in other people's shoes. It takes all these required ingredients to have an awesome marriage. <clears throat> it takes all these required ingredients to have a thriving bank account. It takes all these required ingredients to have a body that is that is uh, reaching its potential, okay? And it takes all these ingredients to begin to have a powerful life that is filled with faith, okay? And intuitively, we know what it takes. We do. Remember, we don't have a knowledge problem. We have an application problem. And so from there, it takes us understanding the required ingredients to have the abundant life and to say, you know what? I'm going to yield to the voice of wisdom. I'm going to listen 
to the Spirit of God. And I'm going to pray for His empowerment and His ability to begin to operate inside of my life so I can begin to carry out, so I can be, begin to be willing to do what is required. That's wisdom. I'll see you soon.